It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And now, give it up for your host, CJ, the painkiller, DeSimone, and Kevin Jackson. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. What's going on, Jets Nation? Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, CJ the Painkiller Simone, and I am flying solo this evening as my boy Kevin Jackson is uh, currently working on getting himself into his new digs. So hopefully uh, he will be joining us again within the next week or two from his new top secret bunker, which I have been told I'm not allowed to disclose. So I will not release the, uh, the top secret information. But nevertheless, here we are tonight, Jets-Falcons, 8 p.m., preseason game number two. And the title for tonight's broadcast is why I think the Jets are making a mistake by not playing their starters in tonight's game. That's going to be part of a couple of topics of conversation for this evening. So, again, I just want everyone to bear with me as I am currently sharing the show, doing my producer, host, everything duty as always, uh, as I do every single week. And I do appreciate everyone who comes out and who listens and who takes the moment to log in, to say hello. I know Scott Kalispe is already in the comments. I appreciate him. Anybody who's out there, if you if you have the opportunity, if you could do me a favor and share the show, I would appreciate it. Uh, obviously, as always, I appreciate you guys tuning in every single week, supporting us, supporting the show, supporting the mission. And, you know, you, got, you, you guys already know how I roll. So, it's going to be fun as uh, tonight... Again, we're going to talk a little Jets-Falcons. Uh, Jets, again, pretty much dominating the uh, the Falcons in the joint practices from everything that I've read and some of the videos that I've seen, including the stuff that was put out there about Kyle Pitts beating, uh, what you call it, Sauce Gardner on a route. It was kind of, I don't think it was bad coverage by Sauce. I think it was more just a great route by Kyle Pitts. And I mean, Kyle Pitts is just an absolute friggin' beast. So, I mean, he's going to be impossible to cover as it is. So, anyhow, I digress. Now, you guys already know how I feel about a few different subject matters in regards to the New York Jets, okay? Zach Wilson, his surgery went great. He's doing good. He was back, apparently, on the sidelines, taking in Jets practice, watching Joe Flacco, Flacco working a lot with the ones. Again, the ones just in practice being able to move the ball 
down the field the way that they're supposed to. So the way that I look at it is like this, okay? We have a lot of people out there that don't like Joe Flacco. I'm one of them, all right? I'm not crazy about the fact that Joe Flacco is going gonna, is gonna to be starting, all right? But it's something that we need to put out there at this time. Zach Wilson's not going to be ready for week one, although they're saying that, you know, oh, he could possibly start for week one. I wouldn't. I wouldn't chance it. I'm not putting Zach Wilson out there unless he's 100% healthy. So if Joe Flacco's got to go against the Ravens, then Joe Flacco goes against the Ravens, and that's the, that's the way I feel about it. I know a lot of people are probably going to feel differently, but that's tough. You know, it's, that's tough. Okay? Everyone's going to have their opinion, and you know what? I respect everybody's opinion. I, uh, I respect the way that everyone out there is putting their opinions out there, letting it be known that they just want to put the best product out there for the Jets to win. And that's exactly what I want. Uh, you know, you guys already uh, already talked about, well, you guys have already heard me talk so many different levels about what I think the Jets need to do, how I feel like that the Jets need to just Make sure that the offensive line, again, I apologize, I got my head down, I'm trying to share the show and do do all that good stuff. Alright, so, really quick, I want to get to these comments before I start going into to my stuff. Guy Fisher, CJ, what's going on, bro? Welcome. Scott Kalispi, we all know you love Flacco. Yeah, no. So, maybe you do, I don't. Joe Flacco gives Zach an opportunity to watch and learn. Garrett Wilson already called Flacco receiver friendly. Yeah, of course he's going to call Flacco receiver friendly because Flacco is, Flacco's been there and done that. But here's the thing, guy. Here's the only issue that I have with Joe Flacco starting. We're not talking about a a Joe Flacco five years removed from a Super Bowl and MVP. We're talking about a guy who's 10 years removed from that. So could have a little less zip on the ball, could be slow a step. Could miss things here and there. Who knows? We'll see. All right. John Faris, thank you again for tu- for tuning in. I appreciate you uh, joining us tonight. I would never put Wilson out there against the Ravens. Hell no. Yeah, you ain't kidding, brother. Uh, Scott Kalisby, this will change the line a lot with Flacco instead of Zach. Yes, I think the, uh, the line will end up performing a little bit better because Joe Flacco is going to know what to expect as opposed for Zach where he's still green in the gills. And he's got to learn how to adjust on the fly, which is something that he has an issue doing. Guy Fisher, Lamar Jackson is up in the air right now. Contract disputes. Listen, until I hear that Lamar Jackson is not starting for the Ravens on week one because he's sitting out because of the contract dispute, I'm not taking anything to chance. John Suggs, Joe Flacco looks slow and old. Uh, John Faris, Johnny Suggs, thank you again for tuning in, by the way. John Faris, Ravens actually offered a contract more than Murray, but Jackson wants the guaranteed money more than Watson. Man, I don't know. Contract situations. One of the things that I have a big issue is when contract talks get played out in the media. I think that when you start talking about money in this type of section, okay, I just have an issue with that, guys. I really do. I I just, the issue that I have there with that is... It's the business end. Let the business end. That's what you have an agent for. All right. That needs to stay behind closed doors. Contract disputes that are handled in the media just never end well for either the player or the team. So personally, I just think it's a bunch of garbage. I think they should just do whatever it is that they need to do to get themselves back to where they need to be and let them just handle it out that way. 
You know what I mean? So, I don't know. It's just me. I'm a different animal when it comes to this New York Jets football team. There are things that I've seen and things that I've experienced where some things I've just become numb to. Some things I just expect them to just crash and burn. And some things where it's a pleasant surprise when things actually go the way of the New York Jets. Guy Fisher, let's hope Flacco gives a Brady-type run until Zach gets back. John Faris Jackson is representing himself. So if he's representing himself, then that makes sense. But here's the thing. Again, this is something that I wouldn't discuss in the... But that's just me, guys. That's just what I think. All right? Now, why I think that it's a mistake for the New York Jets not to be starting their starters in tonight's game is because normally, especially now with the preseason being only three games... Week two is your dress rehearsal for week one. You need to make sure your starters know what they're supposed to do, that timing is okay. If there's tweaks that you want to make, this is the time to make them because we already know that week three, no starters are going to be seeing the field. You're going to be lucky. You'll see the set. You'll see the second stringers maybe play one quarter. The third and fourth stringers are going to play the rest of the game, and the game's always an absolute snooze fest. But we may get treated to a good game like we did last year where the Jets played the Eagles and it ended up in a tie where the Jets came from behind. So again, there's always the fascination of that. Now look, you've got yo Chris Trebler. Chris Trebler is the hot, sexy name that, that everybody's talking about now because of the come-from-behind victory that the Jets had against the Eagles. Meanwhile, the Jets' offense couldn't do jack shit against... The, the Ravens' first-team first defense. All right, and that's where Zach ended up getting hurt. Now, granted, you guys heard my rant last week. I'm not going to rehash it. You guys know where I stand as, as opposed to that. But this is a week now where if the Jets go out and their second stringers and third stringers take care of business against the Falcons, then you kind of go into the third preseason game feeling a little bit better about where the Jets are, both offensively and defensively as a fan, because you know that there's a solid backup system. You know that the guys that are still fighting for the middle and the bottom roster spots are guys that are going to bust their ass for an entire 60 minutes to put everything they got on tape and on the field, not only for the New York Jets organization, but just in case if they end up getting cut. So you don't know. I mean, really. So, again... This is where I think it's a mistake. John Suggs in the comments. Great question right here. Strebler make an appearance if Flacco looks horrible. If Flacco looks horrible tonight for whatever reason, or if God forbid, God forbid, Flacco gets hurt because he's playing behind the second string offensive line or a mix of the second and third string offensive line, and if God forbid he gets hurt, dude, Chris Strebler is going to end up... Nobody's even talking about Mike White. So there's a possibility that Chris Strebler may end up making this 53-man roster because of the fact that Zach Wilson is still a no-go for week one. Mike White could, could very well be a question mark. And if, God forbid, Joe Flacco gets hurt, let's hope he doesn't. But if he does, yeah, then, then the Jets are up. The Jets are up a creek without a paddle. You would have more quarterback problems than you would ask for right now. Guy Fisher says Flacco's not playing this evening. So I guess you're probably going to see a steady dose of Mike White and Chris Strebler. So the chances are if the Jets decide to carry three quarterbacks, then 
the battle's going to be between Mike White and Chris Streveler as to who makes it. A lot of people like Chris Streveler because of the uh, the come-from-behind win against the Eagles. But here's the thing. Dude's played in the CFL. Yes, he's won a, C- yes, he's won a CFL Grey Cup. I don't want to take anything away from that accompl- accomplishment because I've watched those CFL games and... As much as it differs from the way that the NFL does things, it's still a tough game. The only difference is the CFL, you're playing on a 110-yard field because the field is 55 yards long and it's also much, much wider. So, And the, the end zones are like something like 15 yards deep as opposed to a traditional NFL end zone, which is only, I believe, 8 yards deep or something to that effect. So there are a bunch of things that I want to see from tonight's game that I'm going to be looking for from, from tonight's game. I know that they're probably not going, they're going to be playing mostly vanilla-based defense, but I want to see how, in vanilla-based defense, how do you defend against a screen pass? How do you defend against bubble screens? Because you know what? The Falcons owned the Jets when they played them last year because the Jets don't know how to defend a bubble screen. So I want to see if the defense can actually sniff out those bubble screens, cause some disruption, and give whoever's going to be playing for Atlanta tonight an absolute workout. I really do. <laughs> John Suggs in the chat. Dude, thank you again. I got to put this up to you, Johnny. Thank you. I appreciate you. Mike White throws with his eyes closed. Strebler has a stronger arm. and looks more accurate. So look, if Strebler beats out Mike White, are fans really going to be that upset? If Strebler offers you another opportunity where if maybe Zach isn't out week one, maybe he's out longer than week one. And again, just on the protection, if God forbid something happens to Flacco or if Flacco ends up becoming ineffective and you need something or someone to spark the offense, it be a possibility. So, again, <laughs> defend against the screen and bubble by fire. Chef Albrecht. Guy Fisher, dude, I can always count on you every single show for a fire Jeff Ulbrick freaking quote. Just because uh, I, I, know, I know that's what you got. <laughs> I got to blow a whistle on a play. But after the way that the defense played, believe it or not, in last week's game, I was kind of also on the fence about Jeff Albrick. I was a little bit aggravated with the fact that I felt like the defense should have had a little bit more intensity. I know it's only week one. I know what do you expect. You know, it's practice. It's a preseason game. What do you expect them to do? But I still expected them to not come out flat because if they come out flat and they put themselves in a hole against especially the first 9-10 games of the season... Okay, you cannot afford to put yourself in a hole for the teams you're going to be playing for pretty much the first 60% of your schedule. So, you know, you got to you gotta find a way to stop that. You got to stop with the slow starts and they need to go out there and they need to work quick. They need to be able to get this offense fire, or firing on all cylinders and you got to score those points. And the defense needs to be able to help the offense out, you know, by making sure you keep your opponent off the scoreboard or limit the damage that they can do to you. But again, that's just me, guys. That's just me. That's me. That's my opinion. I don't expect everyone to agree. I don't expect everyone to follow the way that I follow it. But this is the way that I, this is the way I'm looking at it from the lens that's being that's being given to me. So that's that. Again, Jets Falcons. A couple other things that I'm looking to see. I want to see the offense move. I want to see how the running backs perform. Brees Hall. I want to see him. I want to see Michael Carter. Okay, I'm sure we're gonna get Michael Piron, considering that. He's already survived the first the first part of cuts. All right. Um, question whether or not 
what exactly are we going to see from this offensive line? Can the offensive line protect the quarterback? Can they move the ball? Can they move the sticks? On the defensive side of the ball, can the defense generate a pass rush? Can they do something where it's going to give this New York Jets team an opportunity to get themselves into a good spot where they can defend? Keep things in front of you. Don't let guys beat you long. Try and grind the Falcons down and try to make them one-dimensional using their second and third stringers and so on and so forth and some of their inexperience against them. Now, Thomas Gutman in the chat, thank you again for uh, for joining tonight. Let's enjoy this game. Third and fourth string is competing for a job. I want to focus on the O-line and linebacker position. Let's go Jets. Amen to that, brother. As a matter of fact, I got a soundbite for you. So I know this is an old one, but still, this will bring back some 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 good memories. Yards rushing his career high is 149. This time it's McGuire on the carry. And McGuire has got some room. Will they get him? McGuire will go! Touchdown, Jets! 69 yards! His first NFL touchdown. So there you go. So that's why, you know, I'm kind of looking at things where we want to see a, a, a little bit more of that. A little bit more Brees Hall punching it into the end zone. A little bit more Michael Carter, some of Michael Piran. Piran's probably not going to make the 53-man roster. If he does clear waivers and he ends up on the practice squad, then so be it. Uh, I have a feeling that the Jets should just cut bait with him and just give him an opportunity to, to try and, you know, do something with his career in another spot where maybe he might get the opportunity to start. I, I really do. Because I just don't think that he's going he's gonna to make it here. Otherwise, they would have used him. Okay, so I know that right now every uh, Joe Douglas is hanging on to that 2020 draft class with like scratching and clawing, you know, between him and Cameron Clark and Jabari Zuniga, although Zuniga did actually look pretty good week one. So there is a possibility that he could end up on the practice squad. And if he continues and can elevate that play, maybe he might crack the rotation. You never know, but we'll see. So, but again, the Jets have to stay healthy and they dodged a bullet with Michael Clemens, you know, only getting a bruised rib and not broken ribs where, you know, he's only out for a minute as opposed to being out for a week and so. All right, Johnny Suggs, thoughts so far on Wild Goose. Uh, He's still fighting for a position on the squad, Thomas Gutman. He looked good against the Eagles. Yeah, I agree, Tommy. Um... He might be an out. He might be a long shot to make it, but if he can put together some solid plays over these next two weeks between tonight and the preseason finale, could potentially find himself in a good spot where he could end up on the practice squad if he clears waivers and the Jets are able to to keep him. So you never know. Anywho, now some other things that I wanted to talk about in regards to the New York Jets, and I wanna, I'm actually want to pose this little bit of an open mic discussion to you guys now. I'm going to put this probably in a very, very weird type of question slash pseudo poll or whatever. You guys are a very smart bunch of viewers that are, that are in here. You, you guys know your Jets football. So what I want to know from the people in the chat, what do you want to see the Jets accomplish with the next two weeks of preseason? Now, I know Tommy Gutman already talked about the offensive line and the linebackers. So there's one spot. Well, actually two spots. So I'm curious as to you guys. The Guy Fisher's in the comments. The Scott Kleesby's in the comments. The Johnny Suggs. Johnny Farica. Okay? Anybody else who's out there, who's watching, who may be in there. The Freddie Hendersons, maybe, if he's actually watching tonight. 
So shout out to Freddie Henderson from the Empire Media Sports Network. Been talking to them. And, uh, you know, hopefully in the future, maybe there's a partnership at some point down the road. But one of the things that I want to see in regards to the New York Jets, you already know, I think I've made myself pretty clear as to what I want to see. I want to see the offense actually be able to put some points on the board, not just wait for the fourth quarter for all the scrubs to be in. Let's go ahead, move this offense. Let's show how this offense can function. Try and get our skill position players some work. I mean, if we already know what our starters are going to look like, what our 53 might on pencil or in crayon or in sand or however you want to put it is going to look like, let's see what we could do within the depth chart. Because the depth chart, these are guys that are going to be counted upon that if a starter goes down, one of these guys is going to have to step up. So let's see how these guys are going to step up. On the defensive side of the ball, I want to see some pass rush. I want to see our linebackers get after it. I want to see the linebacking core actually be able to work the way that it's supposed to. Now, secondary. Let's see the secondary. Let's see the let, let's see the second and third stringers step up. Guys that are fighting for jobs. All right. Let's see special teams. Because a lot of these guys on the bottom half of the roster, they're going to have to make the team via special teams because that's going to be the only way they're going to be able to do it. So, let's see them go out there and be able to do the things that they need to do. Let's see if they're going to be able to go out there and make some noise. Can they go out there and make some noise? Can they go out there, be productive? Can they create some pass rush, okay? Can they lock down some, some guys? Can, can we play some good coverage, all right? Like I said, you're going to be seeing a lot of vanilla-based stuff. There's a lot of stuff that still can be fixed up, so to speak. One of the things that, that I want to see a lot is I want to see a lot of effort. I want to see the Jets get off to a good start against the Falcons tonight. That's really what I'm looking forward to. So, again, everybody in the comments, if you could tell me what you guys are thinking. Guy Fisher, Tenzel Smart, looking to see him tonight. Our defense became the monsters we brag about in practice. Thomas Gutman, remember cuts are coming after this game. I honestly just want to see everyone stay healthy without injuries and a lot less penalties. Totally agree. Carl Falk, unless they're doing a deep eval on the fourth stringers, give the starters two series. Carl, I'm glad that you actually brought this up because this is what I would do. Now, this is going to be an unpopular take. So you guys could blast me in the comments or whatever. That's entirely up to you. I, I don't care. If I'm Robert Sala, my starters are playing for at least a quarter to a quarter and a half because I want my skill position players getting work. I want my offensive line getting work. I want my quarterback getting work. On the defense, I want my pass rushers getting work. Show me that you could defend a bubble screen. Show me that you can stop the run. Show me that you can get after the quarterback on a consistent basis. Show me that the secondary can lock people down. Show me that our linebacking core is not going to solely rely upon the talents of one C.J. Mosley. And that there are other people out there that are going to be able to carry the ball. They're going to be able to carry the load, to assist them to carry the load. That's what I want to see. So, Carl, thank you again for joining us. Guy Fisher, first thing is leadership have to come. Then they then they gel together. I agree with that. Johnny Suggs. I want to see Clemens keep up some momentum and keep it up. Can Tenzel Smart and Jabari Zuniga take another step closer to a roster spot? Want to see who could earn that fourth tight end spot. Yo, if it were up to me, come on, Jeremy Ruckert, baby. Get on in there, my guy. Come on, get on in there. Scott Cleesby, I want to see if Zach can be an NFL caliber starting quarterback. And if he can't, let's not waste the entire year letting him go out there week after week. If we start off two or eight to work, start white and see if he can win games. Forrest Flacco isn't going to be the long-term answer for us. That is correct, my friend. 
With Flacco not playing tonight and next week, that means he's going to start game one. That means he wouldn't have played it, played a game since last November. Thank you, Scott, for making my argument for me. All right? Thank you for showing me that there is someone out there who is kind of along the same lines to what I'm thinking. That Flacco needs reps. I know you talk about your practice reps and all that good stuff. I want to see more than just practice reps. I want to see how they do against actual competition. Now, I get it. Joint practices, blah, blah, blah. Glorified scrimmages. I get it. But this is the reason why I think it's a mistake that the Jets starters are not playing tonight for at least more than one or two series. I think they should be playing at least a quarter or to a quarter to a half. Me, if it were up to me, they'd be playing a quarter and a half, possibly an entire first half. Because I want to know what my starters are going to look like going into week three of the preseason so I know who's going to go in to get extra work and who's going to sit. But that would just be me. Guy Fisher, Quan, Quan Alexander is a top linebacker. Scott Kleesby, I'm here for you, sir. Appreciate that. Geno Smith, laugh out loud, yes. Good old Geno Smith. <laughs> Wait, can we find out if Kellen Clemens is out there? Maybe dust a little dust off of him. Find out if he wants to play. Give me a little Kellen Clemens action. How about A.J. McCarron? Ask him if he wants to come out. Make an NFL comeback. A.J. McCarron. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Glass jaw Gino. I love that. Car Falk bringing the heat tonight. Car Falk again. We all know White will get dinged up now. Who's the fourth string? Probably Brees Hall because apparently, supposedly, he can, throw, he can throw the ball. So, I don't know. Maybe take a flyer on Josh Johnson. Maybe give him 850K to come over and play, play a few snaps. Salah's worried about injuries. Everybody's worried about injuries. With that big yawn, what's the over-under of CJ falling asleep tonight? I'm setting it on halfway through the third quarter. Laugh out loud. No, tonight, believe it or not, I am going to stay up and watch this game. Hopefully, it's televised on the NFL Network. So, I'm hoping that they will actually go out there and do what it is that they need to do. Hmm. Our often injured first stringers need to sit on the bench. Let them show us what they have on opening day. Sorry, CJ, I disagree because I've been a fan for too long. And I know the ending. Let's prove the inevitable laugh out loud, but not really. Yeah. All right. Tommy, agree with you to an extent. And I'm glad you disagree with me because I want to see the other side of the coin. But here's the thing. In preseason and even in training camp, we can't just wrap these guys up in bubble wrap. And then expect them to be at 100% ready to go week one. And in week one, this guy goes down. Week two, the other guy goes down. Week three, the other guy goes down. Week four, somebody else is out. Then it turns out the dude who got hurt in week one... He's going to be out six to eight weeks now because the injury is worse than we thought. I mean, it's bad enough we already lost with Kai Becton. And then, of course, you know, we, we, Zach Wilson getting hurt and everybody thought he was going to be out for the season and everybody was throwing their hands up in the air. And you got the Twitter medical doctors and so on. We've already had enough of that garbage. The thing that I want to see the most is I want to see this offense perform because I'm not worried about the defense, believe it or not. As much as Jeff Albrick sucks, okay, Guy Fisher, yeah, this is for you. I'm not worried about the defense so much. It's I'm worried about the offense. Because this defense has proven last year that they can stop people from scoring. But the problem is that your defense can't spend 8% of the game on the field. And your offense can't consistently go 3 and out. So we need to be able to put points on the board. In any way, shape, or form. Mike Rated Nightmare Tucker. Dude, welcome tonight, my friend. Thank you for joining us. The game's going to be on ESPN. Yes. CJ is a very, very happy man. A very happy man right now. Why? Because I will actually get to see the Jets play in Florida. And this is a wonderful thing. Absolutely wonderful. All right. 
Carl Falk again. Why did the Vikings trade for Nick Mueller today? My first guess would be because Kirk Cousins sucks. That's why. Him and his COVID-loving ass not getting vaccinated because of whatever his belief is or problem is or whatever, or he was afraid he was going to th- grow a tail or, you know, a third limb or whatever, or, you know, who knows. But here's the thing. <laughs> Regardless of whatever's going on in Minnesota, that's their problem. Although, I will say, last year, I wanted either Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard to back up Zach Wilson. And the reason being is because they are disciples of the LaFleur offense that they ran in San Francisco. They know that offense in and out. They are very capable of running it in and out. And this is the reason why I wanted one of them to come in, start four, five, six games, seven games, whatever, and then turn the keys over to Zach Wilson and let him play out the rest of the year. Then we would have gone through the crap that we went through last year. At least if the Jets would have went 4-13, and 13, then at least we would know a little bit of exactly what Zach Wilson is. As opposed to, he played... Got hurt, came back, played a little better. Everybody's expecting him to do this. Everybody's expecting him to do that. Zach Wilson looks beefy. He's this, he's that. He took a a giant dump in the locker room and everybody's all excited. Banging a couple of moms in the parking lot. Everybody got all excited. Okay, as long as he's not posting dick pics on Instagram, that's cool too. But then he got hurt. And then everybody was like, same old Jets. And here we go again. And this team sucks. And fire Joe Douglas and Robert Sala because they both suck. Bad enough they already got rid of the flight crew. You're not even going to have the flight crew to look at during a home game. I digress. I'm just being silly at this point. Mike rated Nightmare Tucker. (laughs) No problem, bro, with the laughing emoji. Johnny Suggs in here. Vikings only gave up a 2024 conditional seventh round pick for a very talented Nick Mullins. Kirk Cousins won't be there next year. Nick Mullins is underrated. I agree, but nobody listens to me. Like I said, I wanted him or CJ Beathard, but I was an idiot and I don't know football, apparently, to, to some people out there that watch the show. Yeah, he didn't throw any INTs. He also didn't throw many touchdown passes, but he did throw for a whopping 180 yards a game. Yep. And look, I have to say one thing. I got to give it up for Scott Kalispie. Okay, as much crap as I give this guy and as much as everybody wants to trash him in the comments and go after him about being a negative Nelly and stuff like that, dude does his homework, dude uh, Dude brings facts, and he doesn't look at this team through green and white goggles and neither do I, okay, so I gotta give him props, because even though there are times I don't agree with him, there are times when he does bring the elixir of truth that people do not want to look at, it's like when you were little and you were sick, or whatever, and any moment of sickness that you had, your mom was chasing after you with the bottle of castle oil with the with the tablespoon, and you had to take that. You couldn't stand the smell of it, the sight of it, to make you want to gag. Okay, I still have nightmares about that. All right? Plus, on top of all the other goddamn medication I had to take when I was a kid, because I was a chronic asthmatic, and I was freaking sick all the time. But I digress. This is why, like, as much as, sure, sometimes Scott gets on my nerves... But you know what? He also he he also brings some rationality, although some other people would say otherwise. But he actually brings some rationality to the conversation. So that's for you. All right, Jr. Brower in the chat, my producer from Weapon Top Mission Briefs. What is good, my friend? Call Falk, Trevor Simeon throwing darts for the Bears. Ha ha. Yeah, until he gets his soul snatched on national television again. <laughs> We'll see. So Guy Fisher saying hello to JR. I miss Ray Mallard in the chat. Somebody go and send this to Ray and tell him he's got to come on. 
say hello and tell me I'll be yodging for nothing so I can go. Go sit down. <laughs> and then after that, tell him. Shut the hell up. <laughs> In any event, I digress. So, nevertheless, a lot of fans, a lot, a lot of you guys, besides Tommy Gutman telling everybody he wants everybody to be healthy for week one, talking about the O-line and the linebackers, Scott talking about can Zach Wilson be a competent NFL quarterback, which is good. So, we'll see. So, I want to hear from you guys. Johnny Suggs, what are you looking for? Uh, I know that you actually mentioned Tanzel Smart and Jabari Zuniga. like to see the both of them. So, Blake McLaughlin in the chat. What is up, my guy? About freaking time you're joining us. All right, where you been, man? Blow the dust off your microphone and come join us. Yo, while you're at it, why don't you give a shout-out to Jude Jets over there and tell him that he's he's got to come and say hello one of these nights. All right? Nick Shine, I'm sure he's there. He's at the game. Shout-out to Nikki Reyes and Nitin Ramachandra. They just got to me over here. Meets Merritt. We got to get him a link over here. I got to get Meets in here, so just bear with me for a second. There's my boy. Got to get him taken care of. Bruce Reiners, thank you again for joining. Appreciate you uh, chiming in. Thoughts on Brees Hall. I enjoyed watching this kid's last few years in Iowa. This kid, I, I tell you, from the way that they talk about him and some of the, the highlights that I've seen of him, at Jets camp, at training camp, and even in the uh, even in the game against the Eagles, this kid could really be special. He really could. But the thing is, is that before we could actually say that this kid really can be special, we need the offensive line to be able to consistently open those holes for him. That's really what worries me. If the offensive line can develop consistency, and I'm not talking about consistently bad. Okay, because I know one is gonna gonna put that out there. If the offensive line can give me consistent play, I'm not asking them to be the best offensive line in the NFL. I just don't want them to be the worst offensive line in the NFL. Give me middle of the road. Give me 17th, 18th, 16th. I'll be happy with. It. That's what I want to see. Give me that, and our running backs will eat. Because this offense that we're running, I, I know I have to keep hammering this home. To people because sometimes it's just like it just feels like an endless endless doldrum of people that just they hear what you're saying but they're not listening to what you're saying and then they still think what they want to think anyway even though this is a passing week and everything is slanted toward more offense and so on and so forth your run always sets up the pass so if you can't run the rock you're not going to be able to pass the ball because they're just going to put 10 people in the box and dare you and you're not going to have enough time to freaking throw the ball so there goes that so yes, Bruce, I like Brees Hall a lot. Again, I want to see him continue to develop. I want to see him continue to grow, continue to mature, and hopefully he will become a very focal part of this offense. Sorry, had a meeting. Dude, tell these people over there, look, weapon tots on, screw this meeting, my boy CJ's on, I gotta be there. Alright? Deuces. That's what you gotta tell him. Scott Kalisby, I also want to see if our defensive backfield can gel into a cohesive unit. Absolutely. So I think I talked about that earlier. Blake McLaughlin, I'm good. Whenever I can hop on, he can hop on tomorrow. I might. I just might take you up on that. We'll see. Do you think the weak point will be the Jets' safety position, or do you think it'll be left tackle? I think it's going to be a combination of the both. Uh, I think it's going to be a combination of the two. Because George Fant likes playing left tackle more than he likes playing right. But he's versatile. Like Salah said, your versatility is a blessing, but it's also a curse. Because then, because you're versatile at another position that maybe you don't like playing, but you play it because you're good at it. So, there you go. So, great question, Johnny. Great question. 
Yeah, I'm totally watching the game tonight myself, Blake. It's going to be great. Tommy Gutman, I agree with you, CJ, in reference to the edge rushes in secondary tonight. Would love to see a bunch of third string stacks and interceptions. Everyone's playing for a roster spot. That's what I want to see. I want to see some good, fast, hungry football. And not the garbage we have to friggin' watch. Mikey Tucker, I have a really good feeling that Hall Carter could be deadly and if our O-line is in sync. I do too, brother. I do. They could be very, very deadly. And I think it could be the potential that we could actually have a top five rushing attack in the NFL if, and again, there's that word, if the offensive line can be cohesive and be consistent. And most of all, everyone can stay relatively healthy. But I still want to see more depth. Uh, I'm still not happy with the depth on, on this team, especially at the offensive line position. I want to see Max Mitchell go out there and perform. Please cut Chuma Adoga. I'm so sick of looking at him. Maybe he's going to try out for punter. Maybe he's going to try out for place kicker. Make him like the assistant equipment manager. I don't care. Just get him off the roster, please. Lawrence Cager better than Kenny Yaboa. You know what? Yeah. If I could keep four tight ends on this team, they would be Uzama, Conklin, Cager, and Rucker. That would be my four. No, the offensive line needs to be superb. Top 10 if healthy and a solid offense as a whole because of that. I agree. <laughs> Dan, I meant combo. <laughs> it's all good. Don't worry. Tight end, Scott Kalisby. They'll put a tight end next to Brown to help him early in the year. I'm sure they will. John Suggs, Dwayne Brown take over Breckton's spot. Do you try and move on from him and extend Brown after next year and save some money for other assets? You know what? There could be a possibility that we could. Although... Makai Becton, I think, what's funny about Becton, I went on a rant about this a few weeks back when he first got hurt. As much as I like Makai Becton as a player, the thing that worries me about him is the fact that he has difficulty staying healthy. And I mean, for such an incredibly large man, this is again the second major injury that he's had. Eventually, there starts coming a time where the hourglass starts getting smaller and smaller as to your NFL career. Because then it could be, you could be one injury away from never walking again. I got into an argument with Ray Mallard about this back and forth, like, just in regards to the whole Mackay Becton thing. Shout out to Eddie Delgado El Chapo, giving me some love over here on Facebook. Just the whole notion of, I get it that it's a business, but Becton's also a human being, and we should look at it from the human being. And I really laced into the whole Mackay Becton injury. I went absolutely off. And I mean, like, look, Ray's going to feel the way he feels... I'm going to feel the way that I feel right now. I'm, I'm not kind of looking at Makai Becton as a person. I'm looking at Makai Becton as a player where like, dude, we had so many high hopes for you. You put out all these hype videos. You put out all this hype stuff and freaking Instagram about all the work you're doing and how you're trying to get back lean, mean, hungry. And you want to prove everything to the world. And then all of a sudden you get hurt. Now, granted, I get it. It's a freak injury. Could have happened to anybody because it's a non-contact injury. Take a look at Zach Wilson. He ended up hurting his knee from a non-contact injury just by trying to juke instead of sliding. It's such a touchy subject when you talk about Mekhi Becton sometimes with other Jet fans. It really is. Because the thought is that, oh, Mekhi Becton could make this offensive line elite if he's healthy. But there's the, there's the thing. If he's healthy, come on. Come on, guys. You got to stay healthy. You got to stay healthy for us to get excited. And right now, the kid can't stay healthy. And depending upon the severity of the injury, if he can't come back next year... And compete for that roster spot. Joe Douglas may have no choice but to move on from him. And especially if Dwayne Brown comes in here after signing with him. And he completely just balls out and turns into a monster. 
then you have to consider keeping Dwayne Brown around long term. Blake McLaughlin, what position group will we waiver claim as a priority? Still going to be offensive line, dude. We have to. I still want to see some stuff at center. So Connor McDermott still bothers me a little bit at center. I still think that we need, we need to have our center of the future out there. We still need to have depth at the tackle position. We still need to have depth at the guard position. I'm still not comfortable where we are. And there's also depth at the linebacker position, dude, because you got C.J. Mosley and Quan Alexander and Quincy Williams. All right, you got to hope that everybody behind them are going to be ready to step up. So we'll see. Shout out to Johnny Rodriguez, giving me some love on Facebook. Appreciate you right there. Blake's guess is interior defensive line, sure. But you know what? We may not need to look at interior defensive line if we can get that push up the middle. Because remember something, now that you got Carl Lawson, all right, you got JFM, all right, you got some other people that they have out there, Clemens, Jermaine Johnson, they got pass rushes out the ass right now. But all these pass rushes need to be able to go in and do some damage. But you also need to be able to stop the run. So I think what the Jets need, if you go out there and you're going to get anything, you need to get a legitimate run stuffer. That's what I'd like to see. Do you know if Brian is getting reps, he needs to gel with this playbook? I do know that he's been practicing. I do not know if he's been on the field actually taking practice reps. So, I could be wrong. Again, this is some of the stuff that I'm reading secondhand and thirdhand. Flacco needs to get reps. Hasn't played in almost a year. I agree. Love Lawrence Cager. He was a dark horse that I had a couple years ago when we signed him as an undrafted free agent. I pictured Denzel Mims and Lawrence Cager on the field at the same time. Like, dude, the Twin Towers right there. Just two tall, athletic, freakishly fast receivers that could just absolutely maul you. Should have addressed Becton in the draft for free agency. Yep, I agree. You already know how I feel about that. Every injury he gets is season-ending. He's not labeled injury-prone. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not best friends with any of these players. I'm not family either. I'm a Jets fan, so if you can't help this team have a nice life, cut or trade them and move on. I agree. Exactly, you have to pay attention to that defensive tackle position. Tommy Gutman, thank you again. John Suggs, he have a fractured kneecap, meaning he's not going to be stretching with his weight issue. Would not surprise me if he gets hurt again before week two. I would take the dead cap hit and move on. Solomon Thomas, everybody very, very high on Solomon Thomas. Jacob Martin, Blake McLaughlin. Will Zach be able to rehab on schedule? Will the MILFs delay his timeline? <laughs> Yo, that is the question of the night. Yes, if Zach Wilson can keep it in his pants, I think his timeline will be good, but I still don't think he doesn't start until week two. But, in my opinion, if we end up beating the Ravens with Joe Flacco as quarterback, and Flacco has a good game, and this offense moves, I think you ride the hot hand until Flacco goes cold. Give Zach an opportunity to watch some more. Give Zach an opportunity to get a feel, so that way he knows exactly, again, how this offense should run, the way it's got to run. And if Flacco's going to be here, then he's either going to teach this kid or you get him the hell out of here. Plain and simple. One of the two. So that's the way I look at it. With that, I think I pretty much covered everything that I'd like to cover on tonight's show. So I'm going to give you guys some final thoughts and then we're going to get the hell out of here. My final thoughts are like this. When it comes to being a Jet fan and comes to be a sports fan in general, fans are never going to agree. You're never going to agree on anything. You may agree to disagree, but they're never going to 100% agree on everything. If you put 10 fans of the same team, we'll use 10 Jet fans, okay? Because it's always the best example. Every single one of those fans are going to have a different opinion on how they, they feel the team should be built. How the team should function. How the team should utilize their assets. And so on and so on and so on. 
There might be a couple fist fights. There might be a couple of F-bombs dropped. There could be a couple of chairs thrown. You never know. Scott Kleesby might be in the corner taking bets on who could beat this guy in a fight or whatever. So, you know, he can make his Christmas the best Christmas ever. As a fan, root for the team any way you want. You do you as a fan. You want to look at this team through green and white goggles, then go ahead. You want to be the negative Nelly and the Jets are going to go 0-17 every year and they should just burn everything down in MetLife and Forum Park? Go ahead, too. That's on you. I root for this team the way I want to, and my opinions are not for everybody. They're strictly for me. I put my opinions out here so you guys have another point of view to look at so you can make up your own minds. Fans make up their minds not just because of their fandom, but also the stuff that they read. Whether it's ESPN, NBC Sports, CBS Radio, WFAN, WCBS Radio, uh, WNBC Radio, okay, it's sports radio, whatever, it doesn't matter, okay? Fans make up their mind because of what their loyalties are. So everyone's going to interpret what they read differently and how they view the team differently. Nobody's saying that there is a good way and a bad way to root for this team. There is your way. So root for this team your way. But the only thing that I ask is, don't ram your opinion down other fans' throat and then go on social media and attack other fans and say that they know nothing about football just because you disagree with the point that they make. That's asinine. That's you being a jerk-off. And it's you not acting like a mature human being. That's you acting like a complete asshole. And the world is full of assholes and we don't need any more. So just do yourself a favor. If you're going to root for the team, root for it in your way, but don't ram it down everybody else's throat. Also, don't criticize somebody else just because they want to be positive or they want to be negative or they want to be neutral or they don't care or whatever. You root for the team your way. I'll root for the team my way. Scott's going to root for the team his way. Eddie's going to root for the team his way. Guy's going to root for the team his way. Tommy's going to root for the team his way. Blake's going to root for the team his way. And so on and so on and so on. Opinions are just that. Opinions. All right? I know just about as much as the next guy. I don't sit up here every week and claim to be a self-professed expert on all things football, on all things New York Jets related. I'm a fan of this team. I love this team. I rep this team. I live and die with this team. This team has given me more ulcers than I can count. But I'm always going to be critical of this team when they do stupid stuff. And you're going to hear it on this platform that I have here. And that's why it's here. It's here so that way I can get my voice out there and voice my pleasure or displeasure. My like or dislike for whatever the New York Jets are doing. It's up to you, the fan, the people that are nice enough to sacrifice their time and to watch every single week, to take what I say and digest it and either see if it fits with the, with the way that you think or not fit with the way that you think. And then you interpret it any way that you want. I've had people come on this show and say, you know absolutely nothing about football, like the Jason Rhodes of the world, okay, who's banned from the Worldwide Sports Radio Network because he pretty much went on a, a tirade or whatever. But he roots for the team his way. And I may not agree with him, and I may think personally the guy's an idiot, but he's entitled to his opinion. He's entitled to put his opinion out there. And that's what he does. Same thing with Scott. Scott can be a little bit of an idiot sometimes, but he's entitled to his opinion. And he puts his opinion out there. Not everybody's going to agree with it. Kevin Robbins, a good friend of the show, and also co-host of Jets Guru and also the host of the Live Rounds podcast, right? He's going to put his opinions out. He does a very good job. In the Live Rounds Facebook page. In posting articles and giving his opinions on the articles. Some people agree. 
Some people don't. But that's the beauty of what we do. That's the beauty of this platform. The beauty is so that way we can create conversation. We can create conversation and give other people alternate veins of thinking. So that way we're not so myopic. So we're not looking at things through a tunnel or through a vacuum. Because not everything's in a tunnel. And not everything's in a vacuum. And not everything's perfect. Because if that was the case, the Jets would be a Super Bowl contender every year. And they're not. This team has been a dumpster fire for a decade plus. We're finally now starting to see the remnants of an actual competitive football team. And we're hoping and praying that Joe Douglas is the guy that can put it all together. We had the same hopes for Mike McCagnan. We had the same hopes for John Idzik. We had the same hopes for Mike Tannenbaum. We had the same hopes for Terry Bradway. We had the same hopes for Bill Parcells. Insert GMs after GMs after GMs. The only thing that we want is Jet fans. We want a winner. We want a team that we can be proud of. And we shouldn't be making fun of one another on Twitter or on Facebook or on Instagram or TikTok or whatever your favorite social media domain is. Just because this guy doesn't agree with that guy. You're not experts. You're fans. Just like me. So you know what? Stop taking yourself so seriously because ESPN is not going to come knocking at your door. Stop trying to act like you're the smartest guy in the room. When you're just a fan just like us. That's it. Be good to one another. Let's hope that the Jets have a good season so we all can celebrate. So we all have something positive to talk about. And we're not talking about the draft and friggin' the day before Halloween. That's my thought. These are my final thoughts for tonight. And I'm going to end tonight's show here. I want to thank everyone who is tuning in tonight. All eight of you that are currently live right now. I want to thank you guys for taking time out of your Monday night just before the New York Jets game. To come and chill with Weapons Hot. You can follow the show on Twitter. At Weapons Hot Show, you can follow me at JetsFan0523. My partner in crime, Kevin Jackson, who is uh, in the process of moving to his new digs. At Spotty Blackman. Plenty of ways to consume Weapons Hot. We got a Facebook page. Tuesday nights on Jets World, we have a new show called Mission Briefs. We have a YouTube channel we haven't used in a little while, but that's probably going to come back at some point during the regular season. Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Go to their Facebook page, like and subscribe, download their app. You could catch this show and also the other cool shows on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network as well. And dude, just Google Weapons Hot. There are plenty of ways for, for you to be able to consume us. With that, for all of you that are watching tonight, I want to thank you guys so much as the New York Jets game is about to start. And- Let's get ready to rumble! That's what we want to see as we're getting ready to start. So, for all of you, this is CJ, the Painkiller Simone, signing off tonight. We will see you guys when you see you guys. Peace! One, two, three! And this has been Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network.